Hope's own show choir. Thank you. <laughs> I hear the uniforms were a little late, but they're coming in, right? So yes, Stone Soup Sunday. We do it every year. Why the heck would we repeat something year in, year out? Because. <laughs> because. A year ago, you were someone else. I was someone else. The world was something else. So each time we revisit a story like Stone Soup or some other kind of sacred story or wisdom story, we're someone else and we hear things just a little differently and take away a different piece of wisdom. And so this year, because January we're looking at peace, I started thinking about the story through the lens of peace kind of obvious. It's set after a war, a war that's ended. Um, that's, Stone Soup is a, an archetypal story. You know, the fairy tales uh, have been cataloged by the academics. So there is a, a number that goes with that form of story about a community who is disrupted and changes how they think and feel by strangers who come in and point out what's possible. I've read many different versions. So with the lens of peace and the song you just sang, I have noticed that almost all of the versions, whether it's set in Asia or set in Europe or even set in the United States, it's always the men who come into the community and make the change of suge suggestion of change. So that's got me thinking about, hmm, these archetypal stories that still embed in them a world that hasn't changed on some level. Not that men don't have wonderful wisdom, not what I'm saying, but I do notice that it is always men. Huh. Just notice. Not all of the stories have soldiers. But this particular one does, and I think that's important for us today to think about, because they have been in a place without peace. Whether they, well, no matter what side they're fighting on, they are hoping for a world without war by being willing to participate in it. So I will grant them the authority that they have in this story to be able to see a world that is different. They fought, the war is over, and now they see things can be different and they're going to help this community see it differently. I've said this before, the trickery often bothers me. How come they have to trick people into it? And then I go, oh wait. I often have to be tricked into doing things that make me a better person. Okay, I have to put all my gym clothes nearby and make sure I set an alarm, and I have to trick myself into being ready in the morning to go to the gym. Hasn't worked the last couple of day, weeks. That, uh, that really it's not trickery, that we use devices all the time 
to get us to think differently or uh, approach a situation or approach a person differently. And that that's the gift of being human. We have this imagination, this vast imagination. We can be in 20 different time zones and eras all at the same time in our minds. We can play a thought game and imagine this hill before the church was here. And now it's here. Or we can imagine a future where none of us are here, but these seats are filled with a whole other set of amazing people. Because we can imagine it. What if, what if this story, this archetypal story, is not about a village and soldiers and children, but what if it's about each person that hears the story? That part of you that acts as a soldier, that's been to war, that knows what discord looks like and what peace can look like? You know that committee you have in your head? What if the part of you that's like the townsperson that is really fearful and doesn't want to open the door or be willing to do step outside of your comfort zone? Because you know you don't have food and you're hungry, so by golly, you're not going to share it. I have those times in my life all the time that I, I, I think of myself as the small self rather than being able to really be expansive out of fear or what if what if that voice in your head that is childlike the one that is momentarily willing to suspend belief not not magical not outlandish but able to see something as different as possible with all the little pieces you have. With just a little bit of salt, you could make a difference. With just this cardboard box, I could create a world. That part of you that is still childlike and willing to take some risks. So what if we are all this story? And we have all these voices in our head that are fearful and courageous and, and childlike. There's an academic name for treating a story that way, which I didn't look up. (laughs) But what caught my attention in the story this time was that everyone began to act as if, act as if there is enough, which you heard in the two readings. And and that notion of acting as if came into my life when I uh, was sitting in 12-step rooms, because that's one of their slogans. If you are struggling with a demon, with, a, with, with those inner voices that say, oh yeah, go ahead and take that substance even though it's not good for you. Go ahead and repeat that behavior. <clears throat> the 12-step programs suggest, just for a moment, act as if you aren't strangled by whatever addiction or destructive behavior is ruining your life. Just in this moment, what if you put down that fork? What if you didn't pick up that cigarette? What if you didn't take that pill? Give yourself an hour. Can you do an hour? Act as if. And it's very strong. It's a potent way to trick yourself. 
on some level. Positive psychology calls it dialectical behavior therapy. So you're doing therapy on yourself, and the price is absolutely right. It's free. The principle of dialectical behavior therapy is to take the exact opposite of what you would do. So in this situation, I'd be tempted to move to the right, so I'm going to do the exact opposite and go left. Act as if. Act as if is choosing the opposite behavior. I don't want to open the door to this soldier who's a stranger. But I'm going to act as if now that war is over, peace is possible, I will open that door. Um, a, A time that I use that kind of positive behavioral therapy is when I get emails and telephone calls. Because there's a part of me that's like, I have my day planned. I've got stuff I need to do. And here's this email that wants me to do something else. So I've started taking a deep breath before I read an email and actually be grateful. Oh, this person reached out to me. And take the email and the words with more seriousness than I normally would if I were just trying to get it out of the way. Same with a phone call. I've started thinking, I am grateful for whoever is on the other end of the line. And it has changed ever so slightly. And that's what's magic. That is the magical part of this acting as if, is you don't have to make huge, gigantic changes, just small ones. And you can go back to your old ways. (laughs) But the more you act as if, the more it gets hardwired, the science shows, the more you practice a certain behavior, the easier it becomes. Um, I read uh, an article yesterday in one of our local papers, not the Tulsa World, but it was talking about the Book of Mormon and interviewed one of the now leads. He was an understudy. And what caught my attention was he spent the whole... So he'd been touring with the company since it started touring. So he started as an understudy, now a lead. And he got there by that first year or two being the understudy. He spent the whole performance acting as if. Imagining if he were out on that stage what he would be saying and doing. Because you never knew at what moment... They'd go, okay, you, understudy. The lead just got sick. You come on. And you're like, I'm ready now. I've been acting as if. There are studies that show if you imagine that you can make a swish free throw, if you imagine it over and over again, act as if in your head, and then practice, that statistically you will hit more swishes by imagining it true. You heard it here. (laughs) So we're talking about this because religions have always talked about acting as if. And every religious tradition has some notion of we want you to imagine a world that is different than what we have now. We want you to imagine yourself differently than you are now. We want to call you to your higher self. 
So in the Jewish tradition, they talk about tikkun olom, about repairing the world. So the religious imagination, the acting as if in that phrase, repairing the world, A, implies the world needs repairing. I don't think there's anyone in here who wouldn't raise their hand if I said, does the world need repairing? (laughs) So it assumes the world is broken, and then it assumes that we are capable of working together And in the Jewish tradition, and some of you here working with God or working with larger forces to do something bigger than yourself and help repair the world. Act as if. In the Christian tradition, one of the ways we talk about act as if is the phrase kingdom of God, which may make some of you very uncomfortable. And it makes a lot of the theologians uncomfortable because just like the Stone Soup story and its embedded patriarchy, the kingdom of God, sorry to disrupt you being a king today, Ryan, but um, kingdom implies that hierarchy of power. So there are theologians that say, wait, that's really not a helpful term to imagine God at the top and that we are not as... Um, active agents in the situation. So a lot of theologians have started talking about kin, K-I-N, dropping the G, the kingdom of God, because we are in a world that requires us to be in relationship with each other. And that's the only way things get done. So if anything embedded in that stone soup story It's about how do we be in relationship with each other when we're afraid, when we feel um, a paucity of resources, when we're depressed, when we're scared, when we're willing to listen to someone who says, wait, I have a better idea. Maybe these soldiers are charlatans. I don't know. So the kingdom is about maintaining these relationships and acting as if they can be healthy, acting as if we can help each other, acting as if change is possible, acting as if, if I've hurt your feelings, I can apologize and change how we interact, which if you come right down to it, the acting as if that we at Hope Unitarian Church do is we act as if these relationships matter and we say we're going to be in covenant with each other. We're going to act as if we indeed can get along, we can work out our differences, we can continue to make mistakes, but hopefully each one will be a little smaller and maybe in a slightly different direction. And it changes the world. And peace. Peace is not something one person can do by themselves, although we revere Gandhi and Martin Luther King. It really took more than a village to make apartheid end, to end wars. It's what we do with our relationships about our kingdom. And we reject that religious imagination that says you can act as if 
and then talks about some magical notion of heaven or hell or we know what's happening after we die. The acting as if that we do, I'd maintain, is always grounded in what's real context, what's possible. So it is real and possible that we all have little things in our pantry that we could all bring together and make a collective soup. So our acting as if is always grounded in reality and it requires us to imagine a reality that is not the reality we have right at the moment so that we act as if. So may we act as if peace is possible, relationships can change, and that the world can be repaired. May it be so.